Today's episode is brought to you by the Create Engage Marketing Accelerator, our brand new program to help startup consulting founders like you scale your business through digital marketing. This is something that I am really passionate about and so excited that we are able to launch. I regularly get messages from listeners like you and others in my network asking for marketing advice. Everything from what were the steps that I took to launch Create Engage through to what's the best platform for running a webinar through to how do you create great content for LinkedIn and everything in between. At Create Engage, this is exactly what we help our clients do and more. But for many startup consulting firms, our retained support is simply not a cost-effective option. I've been in your shoes and I know how it feels. You want to use digital marketing, you know it works, and you see the results it delivers for others. But you don't know where to start. At this stage in your journey, you have more time than you do money. But you want to make sure that you are investing that time in the right way to deliver return on investment for your business. We are launching our marketing accelerator to do exactly that to give you the strategic advice, the guidance, the support you need at a price that makes it a no-brainer for smaller consulting firms like yours. By joining our accelerator, you will join a network of like-minded consulting entrepreneurs, all focused on growing their businesses. Each cohort will be handpicked to ensure that there is no competitive tensions in the group, giving you the comfort to discuss your challenges openly and learn from your peers. Each month, you will meet with one of our expert team and your fellow Accelerator members for our Accelerator Roundtable, where we will walk through your specific marketing challenges and develop the plan to help you successfully deliver your marketing goals. We'll do this in small, focused groups, letting you get our advice, but also learn from your fellow members and benefiting from hearing the advice we're giving to them to apply to your own business. This isn't the end of the Accelerator, though. Each month, we'll hold a private webinar just for Accelerator members, where we will walk you through everything you need to know and through your top questions, the things that you have asked us to show you. This could be from how to run a great webinar through to how to launch your own industry-leading podcast. We'll also give you our tried and tested systems and templates, everything you need to make your marketing successful. There's a lot in there, but if that wasn't enough, We'll also be bringing every member together into our private LinkedIn community, giving you a place to share your ideas, ask for advice, and learn from each other to help make your marketing better. As this is the first Accelerator program we're running, we're launching January 2021, we are offering all of this for just £750 per month plus VAT with an initial commitment of six months, less than £5,000 to give you everything you need to set your consulting firm up for success. Just imagine, if that helps you secure one project, think about the return on investment and what that could mean for your business. Places are limited, and we have already seen a ton of early interest in this first Accelerator cohort. So, if you want to find out more and apply to be part of our Create Engage Marketing Accelerator, then visit createengage.com co.uk forward slash grow to read everything you need to know about the accelerator fill out the application and we look forward to welcoming you to our first cohort to help you accelerate your business through digital marketing
Hi, and welcome to Climbing Consulting. This is a very special episode for two reasons. Firstly, it marks the 70th episode of Climbing Consulting, a huge milestone and one that I have to say a big thank you to you, my listeners, for. Without you, this show wouldn't have even got off the ground. And secondly, this week, I bring you a slightly different type of episode. Instead of my usual interview format, this episode is a panel discussion all about how you can start your career in consulting. I'm a huge believer in broadening the reach of our industry and helping those who may not know about consulting or may have misconceptions about what it is and what it isn't. So when I was asked by my friend Derry Hughes to chair this panel on behalf of Explore Consulting, I was so excited. I knew this was going to be an amazing opportunity to bring you advice from some brilliant consultants and ex-consultants who are doing great things, know all about our industry and could provide an honest and in-depth insight into the world of consulting. For this session, I was joined by a fantastic panel who brought such refreshing and honest perspectives to the discussion. In this episode, you will hear from Tamsin Chislett, co-founder and CEO of OnLoan, Harriet Foster, social impact investment manager at Impetus, Darren Ashby, partner at Business Four Zero, and Julianne elabode Akesunya, general manager at ENT UK. In this conversation, our panelists dig into what it's really like to work in consulting, the benefits that it's given them, and some of the challenges that you need to consider too. They also answer a range of questions from people like you, giving their take on the topics that graduates and those looking to make their first move into consulting really want to know about. I had a great time chairing this session, and I'm really pleased to be able to share it as part of this podcast. If you are at university right now and you're considering your career options once you graduate or you're early on in your career and considering a move into consulting, I know you will find this episode extremely valuable. So with all of that said, sit back, relax and enjoy episode 70 of Climbing Consulting. Well, firstly, thank you to everyone who's giving their time for this discussion and knowing the panel we've got here, you're going to get tons from this already just in the preparation for this. I know there's so much that this panel are going to share with you and we're going to spend the next hour or so exploring that. Just to Derry's point, we'll spend about 50 or about half an hour going through who we are and talking about how consulting's helped all of the panellists in the careers that they've achieved so far and the skills they've learned. And then we're going to leave a whole chunk of time for Q&A. Harriet, do you want to start? Hi, everyone. So I'm Harriet. I'm an ex-Bain consultant. Bain was actually my first sort of proper job, if you like, after uni. But I had tried being a violin teacher before that, and I did have a stint teaching English in China. So a bit of a mixed bag. As you might be wondering, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do for a job. But I think the joy in not knowing is being curious and trying to find out what you want to do. Before Bain, I studied natural sciences at Durham. So nothing to do with music or English or business, <laughs> but had a good time. After Bain, I joined an organization called Impetus, and Impetus are a social investor that invest funds and build charities that are working with young people from disadvantaged backgrounds to get them better grades at school and or get them into a job and keep that job. I'm incredibly pertinent right now because, you know, we're we're in the middle of a recession. Getting jobs is going to be difficult. And also there's been a lot of disruption at school. So really, really important stuff. I also qualified as a coach a year into working at Impetus and about a year ago set up my own coaching and training business and work with an ex-Bain colleague with the training stuff and also do a bit of live events production. 
because <laughs> um, I, I love music so much and um, did a week's work experience at Radio 3 last year. So I've done quite a few things. I'm very happy to talk about those if anyone thinks they might be relevant or happy to just stick to the main thing. But that's my intro. Brilliant, Harriet. Thank you very much. Darren, should we come to you next? Sure. Hi, everybody. So my name is Darren Ashby. I'm a partner at Business 4.0. I actually left school uh, and I went to art school and thought I was going to be an artist. Uh, but actually, I think the thing that sort of underlined my studies was actually a real interest in change and, and how people and uh, organizations and even countries sort of change. And I didn't want to do that in theory all my life. So I, I got into business because I, I, I was really interested in the role business plays in the world. And I started off in a in a small startup, actually a toy company, a little independent toy company. And then uh, as I as I sort of grew up, I went to Chocolate and joined Cadbury and uh, ended up as a, a director in group strategy in, in Chocolate. And then from Chocolate, actually, I then became a consultant. So I started off at Ernst & Young and then I joined a very creative innovation consultancy called What If?, and that really changed my life, actually. What well, was quite an interesting place, and it really made me realise how how different a culture could feel, and and how different it could be to in how you show up at work every day. And then after what if myself and three others set up Business Four Zero, and we spend our time helping businesses change faster, big businesses. So we work. I, I spend a lot of my time with exec teams and leadership teams of of uh, FTSE 50, FTSE 100 businesses, just getting them to think differently about the role they play in the world and actually how they get all their people behind them to, to actually make change real. So, yeah, that's me. Brilliant, Darren. Thanks a lot. Tamsin? Hi, yep, if everyone can hear me. Um, so my name's Tamsin. I left university thinking I would go and work in international development, so I spent lots of time abroad in Nepal and Tanzania and essentially realised I didn't have very many useful skills to be helpful, and so took some good advice and applied for consulting roles and ended up spending two and a bit years at Bain. Derry was one of my first bosses. And then um, after Bain, I ended up in uh, Uganda for a couple of years. So I worked for a cotton factory out there. Um, I came back and worked for a tech startup because it felt like everybody was working for tech startups. And, um, and then just under two years ago, I started my own. So I now run a fashion rental business. Julianne, hopefully you can hear me. And why don't you pick up just while we wait for Tamsin to come back online? My name is Julianne. I'm currently the general manager at ENT UK, but previously was a consultant at PwC and then moved on to General Electric, so GE Healthcare Partners. But yes, yeah, so I'm currently general manager at ENT UK. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Julianne. And so, yes, we will we will persevere, Darren, through the through the technical difficulties and let's dive into it because I think those intros have given our audience a really good background on yourselves and I think some great context around you know I think the, the key thing is no one here was destined to be a management consultant from the age of five and so it's a great chance to actually dig into a bit more about why why you went into the career you've had and I think also how consulting's helped you so to kick us off and Harriet you know you you mentioned you've done a whole host of things so so maybe we'll come to you first is one of the biggest benefits of consulting, is, as we all know, is the skills you gain. And I'd love to hear thinking about you know where you are now and, and the various sort of things you're doing now, but have done over your career so far. What is it from your time in consulting that that's helped you get to where you are today? And I mean, if you can pin it down, you what are those top two, three, four skills that have really helped you accelerate to to get the career you have now? Yeah, I've been reflecting on this. I think one thing that working as a consultant has really taught me 
because of the fast pace and because there's a, an expectation that you're learning quickly, there's a sort of overarching idea that it's really important to build trust with the people that you're working with. And I think when you're in a consulting environment, it teaches you the ways in which to do that well and quickly. Because when you build trust in teams, wherever you're working, you have a much better working relationship and, and you're just generally much more productive. And I think, you know, a lot of the trust is based on your competence. And I think the skills that helped me from consulting whilst I was there, but also in my current job, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is this idea of creating a story or a narrative around what you're telling somebody. So a lot of consulting is about kind of communicating an idea or a recommendation or influencing somebody in a discussion. And I think that's been really invaluable for my role now because when I'm thinking about strategic questions, my work or that kind of thing, I'm thinking about how to structure a message and I'm thinking about the audience in which I'm going to present that message to. So I think that's been really, really helpful for me, structuring my thoughts into something coherent and also interesting. People really like stories and stories get you far. So um, I say that's one thing. And then I guess maybe off the back of that, you know, when you're when you're thinking about who you're you know, telling a story to, you want to think about who it is and what level of detail they want to engage with. And I think that was a really big learning for me in consulting because I can be quite detail focused and I want to sort of share all the detail that I know because I think it's interesting. But actually, it's about knowing what that person needs to know who, who you're speaking to or the group that you're speaking to. And I think, yeah, it's sort of knowing how to navigate between different um, levels of detail in a discussion and also in your work. So I, I hope that makes sense because I think I think the, the detail point is important because when you're doing your own work, you know, especially, if, you know, my, my first job was in at Bain. So a lot of my work was detail focused and it helped me to understand it. It made me think about how to cover the details well and have the right processes in place to cover that so that people trusted me and again, trusted my competence. So whether you like it or not, it teaches you to be detail orientated. And I think that's a really good thing. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it certainly does, Harriet. And I think some really interesting areas in there for, for us to explore. Darren, having listened to that, how similar or different are the, the sort of key skills that you lean on? Would you say they're those or are there some others that you think actually really help you in what you do now? Yeah, uh, do you know what? I was trying to, I was trying, to try, trying to tease apart what I learned from, you know, being in business generally and some of the specifics that sort of that consulting teach you. And and I mean, you know, consultants are pretty varied field, right? So lots of things are dialed up in, in different levels depending on where you sort of fit in. I think a lot of what Harriet was, was saying really resonated about the how you bring people with you, right? Is just is just critical and 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 storytelling and synthesis of complex amounts of data, that all makes a lot of sense. I, I actually wrote down four words that I think really sort of have kind of been specific about being a consultant rather than sort of just my, my other kind of business experience. So one one is point of view. I I, I think you don't go very far in in consulting if you don't actually have a point of view on what needs to happen and you know and it's that mix of commercial point of view and and a bit of creativity and a bit of humanity in that right so that you can bring others others with you i think the second is process consultant gives you good process because you have to you know under quite time constricted deadlines and in different working environments have to bring a new team with you to deliver results you know, fast, right? And so if you don't have good process, then 
then it, it turns quickly into, into chaos. <laughs> and the client sees that pretty quickly, you know. The third is bravery. You know, there's just something about being in front of new people, new, you know, and not just sort of any, any old people, often quite senior business people, often, you know, qu- can be quite cynical about consultants, you know, and you need, you, you, you develop a sort of a bravery about getting out there, making stuff happen, you know, even quite a junior level, you get quite a lot of exposure as a consultant and it forces you to sort of uh, confront a bit that, you know, one of, the, one of the things that I often talk about is I used to be terrified of public speaking, like literally terrified. I actually took time off work when I first started my career because of public speaking. And uh, now I, you know, I, I literally I help execs sort of stand up and teach them how to do it. And, you know, I'm con- constantly having to do it, you know, and actually consultants really help me there develop sort of some skills and you know, so it's not, it's, you know, if you're sort of going to go in Christ, you know, that bravery point, it's, you don't have to be brave from day one or be able to put yourself out there completely. You know, you kind of can get there through, through your kind of career. And, but it definitely has helped me with that. And, and then the final thing, actually, I think I mentioned it in process is, is just pace, you know, and I don't just mean running around busy, <laughs> you know, I mean, again, the pace of consulting is, is quite, can be quite intense, right? And you, you either love that or you hate it, you know, and, but again, what it teaches you is prioritization, you know, you have to quickly cut to the chase and focus on the things that are going to make a difference. That, that, that's what it's given me. Some really good ones in there. And I, I think, like you said, different slants on some of the things Harriet said and implicit to both of the points you've made, there's that repetition piece, you know, the, to what you said, I guess, about your public speaking, Darren, you, you got better by doing it often and consulting gives you that chance to, you're in with new people every project, every six, 12 weeks. Suddenly there's a you know, a new team you've got to speak in front of, a new team you've got to build trust with, as Harriet said. Julianne, I'd be interested in your perspective, having sort of heard some of those points that Darren said, and I think you caught some that Harriet said, but we can, we can sort of paraphrase. What are some of those skills that you've found most powerful and helped your career most? Is it sort of building on what Darren said? Is there anything else that's really helped you and sort of you looking back think, yeah, that's what I really value for my time in consulting? Well, I, I think I caught very a little bit of what Harriet said, but I, I absolutely love what Darren just mentioned about bravery. I'd never thought about a job teaching me to be brave before. You often think I need to be brave to be employed, but actually I think that's that hits the nail on the head. And I, I'd, like, I'd probably like to build on that and say there's the elements of bravery, but actually consulting teaches you to often trust yourselves so I remember when I first started consulting one of my first consulting managers always spoke about applying a fresh pair of eyes and he would say what do you notice that's weird about this or what do you think is different and he would always encourage me to share my opinion and I would I think initially I was quite shy about oh that's quite obvious I'm sure everybody else has picked up on that but I think what I quickly learned in consulting is that what we bring the value that we often bring as consultants is that ability to apply a fresh perspective on things and the more senior you get the more often or the more likely you are to learn to often trust your gut instincts and trust your ability to be critical so I think that moves on to my next skill that I think I've probably built up through consulting and applied through the rest of my career and it's my ability to apply a critical eye and I use the word critical not necessarily from a negative perspective but just being able to look at things and and dive deeper into things and try to unpick the why and and the connections between different elements or different relationships or stakeholders whatever the case may be so 
yeah, I love that word bravery. I'll, I'll build on to that, the ability to cast a critical eye and trusting your critical eye. Mm-hmm. I think adaptability as well is something that I've noticed ex-consultants are able to do more so than people that have been in industry or in a specific role for a long period of time. Because with consulting, you can often be thrown into a project and you're, you have to very much quickly become an expert in that project in a short period of time. And so when you have to do that across a short period of time, you learn to be adaptive, even just being in a different location. So I've worked on projects that's it's not doesn't sound really exotic on a day like this but that spans the entirety of like Cheshire and Merseyside and so having to run across different parts of the UK in a single day means you have to be physically adaptive um but I think being mentally adaptive is a key skill that consultants will bring into any situation those are definitely skills I've built up and taken into the different roles some key points in there I I just want to welcome Tamsin back hi Hi, Tamsin. Have we got you? Can you hear us? I can hear you great. And so sorry for the internet problems. Fantastic. Well, just why, why don't, as, as you've joined us, perfect timing. We're talking about the skills that all of you have gained from consulting that's really helped you in your careers. And I think we, we touched on some really powerful ones. So Harriet's point around story and narrative, Darren's points around bravery. And I think, Julianne, that last point, you know, those pieces around casting a critical eye and that adaptability. I think that adaptability point, I'd, I'd love to explore more a little shortly, actually, because I think that's a, a really big benefit that you get from consulting that those who maybe haven't been in the career don't. Tamsin, I'd just be really fascinated if there's anything that you'd sort of add on to that, any builds, anything that has really helped you in, in your career. Yeah, sure. Um, so I agree with all of those. But I'd say... One to add that, that may feel obvious but can get missed is the financial skills and being able to knock up a business plan or a financial model really quickly and also to do one that is genuinely useful and to understand how to put different assumptions together to get to a different um, understanding of how the finances work in an organization. And that's really specifically helped me in a couple of different places I've worked to raise money. So I've I've worked for organizations where I've raised grant funding, where I've raised debt, where I've raised equity. And, um, and each time being able to give the people I'm talking to about money confidence that I know how to forecast finances and understand them, in, the ins and outs of them has been really helpful. So that's definitely another one. And then I think I just reiterate, I think Darren mentioned pace. And I think for me, one of my biggest takeaways that, that will stick with me forever from consulting is just managing to get through loads of stuff really fast. And just, you know, when you're on, you're on. And that was definitely a very different experience from university, which is like the opposite of that. Just sort of, you know, sp- spend sort of a few weeks reading some books and gradually put together an essay. And then you come in and, and yeah, you're meant to have a, a perspective and an intelligent point of view on something within three hours. And you, you need to work out how you're best going to spend those three hours and then get on it really fast. And, you know, working as I do building a startup now, pace is really everything. And so that's been really valuable. No, I think that pace point's key. And I, I want to come on to that. I just... It's an extension to that, Tamsin, and picks up on what Julianne said. I think for all of you now, you know, you're you're running different businesses. You've worked with different colleagues, both those who have worked in consulting and those who haven't. And obviously, you know, part of this conversation is not just where you take consulting, but what you do afterwards. And for those thinking about starting in consulting, I mean, what is it you've seen? So to that point, around some of colleagues who have come from haven't come from consulting aren't as adaptable. Are there any skills that you think when you compare either? colleagues or people you've worked with from consulting versus those who haven't are there any additional things that you just see those in industry don't necessarily get exposure to or experience of 
And if it's just everything you've said, we'll move on. But I'm fascinated if there's any others that sort of really stand out to you. I think consultants are great at packaging. And if there's any Nigerians in on this event, that packaging means something else in a, a slang kind of way. But actually, the way we put things together, like we're fantastic at putting together a slide deck. And I think we take that for granted. The ability to put information together and present it in a concise and interesting manner is such a fantastic skill that I think consultants bring that you often don't find. So I remember when I started in my current role, I had an expectation about what was going to be presented to the board. And one of my members of the staff gave me a slide deck that if I was really honest, I was just shocked. And I was like, oh, this is a hundred page slide deck. And you could have really just put this down into 10 pages. And the board had been used to receiving this. So I just quickly did, I did the consulting magic on it, put together a few PowerPoint slides. And the response I got, I found it quite shocking because I took it for granted that it was just a simple slide deck, but actually the ability to present information and communicate things in an, uh, I don't want to say attractive, but in, in a manner which is articulate enough. I don't know if that's the right word, but the, the packaging of our work is something that you, if, if you've not done consulting, I, I think it's quite, I don't know many other ways which people develop that in a really quick way. Firstly, building on Julianne's point, I think I think the underlying point is absolutely right. You know how to synthesize complex information and package it up. I actually love to tell this story because as a consultant, you'll you'll know how rare this is. We 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 did a massive strategy project with a, a big insurance firm without without one PowerPoint, which I'm very proud of. <laughs> so we 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 did we did we did, uh, we did what you were saying, but used very different. We used exhibitions and all sorts of things, bizarrely. But um, but the underlying point, I totally, I totally buy by Julian for, for sure. Nick, I was gonna, just to kind of return back to your question. I was actually going to turn it on its head a little bit, and and also just talk, sort of talk about that. You know, I I think it is. I think that change from industry into consulting can be quite tricky, right? Because the, the the whole business model, the pace, you know, all of those things are, are really, really tough. And I think one of the things that makes it work is just ha- actually quite often coming out of industry, take a dip, right? Be prepared to just take a little dip. The, the salaries are normally pretty good in consulting, right? You know, go for parity, which might, might mean you take a little responsibility dip. It, it gives you the space to learn the business model, the pace, the process of it without quite the, the level of expectations that you, you know, you might have. And honestly, everyone I've seen who does that moves up much, much quicker. And, and the reason I think they then move up quicker is because when you come from industry, you're already advantaged with a huge amount of empathy for your clients, you know, from really understanding what it's like to be inside you know some of these businesses uh you know the the the, and and what it's like to be a client and that is incredibly important i'm not saying it's the only way like there are some great consultants out there who developed that through through their projects over the years but it is a massive advantage so i I think just give yourself some space to learn because they are different you know and if you try and go in right at the top straight away it can be pretty pretty tough yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point, Darren, particularly for those on the, on the um, session who are coming from industry, looking at this as sort of their, their second career. Actually, I did exactly that. I went from a graduate job in industry into consulting, and I, I remember the first two weeks. Yeah, it was, a, it was a rather sharp adjustment. If this isn't too much of a jump, I think there's, there's a really interesting point in there. I'd, I'd love to get all of your perspectives, actually, to that point around what, what consulting is and isn't for those either at university looking to enter the industry or those who are in their first job looking to make a move. Are there any misconceptions or 
areas that you found unexpected or found sort of junior colleagues really struggled with? Take what you just said there, Darren, you know, the pace is one. Are there any other areas that you think anyone on this session thinking about the industry just either myths you want to debunk or things they should really think about before deciding, yeah, that's going to be where I take my career next? Harriet, you look like you've got a thought. Do you want to do you want to start? <laughs> I've got a thought, but I don't know if it answers your question because I wandered into consulting. I sort of I didn't really know what it entailed until I kind of got in there and worked it out. So I don't think I was under any misconception. I just didn't know what I was doing. But I would say that if you're going into it, go in with your eyes open because there's some great stuff that you can pick up what we've just talked about, all those skills that honestly are going to get you so far ahead if you can pick those up. And whether you you go in straight after uni or if you don't, you do something first in industry and then you join, you're going to pick those up. But I think it's knowing what those are and, and whether they're the things that you want and value and then knowing, you know, what life is going to be like as a consultant in order to do that. And, um, you know, how much of an, do you want to be there for three years and pick that up and then go, or do you want to be there longer? And I think it's just about knowing what it entails. And I hope that's helpful because I think I was a little bit of a sort of dreamer and sort of did all sorts of stuff. And then I was like, oh yeah, consulting would be interesting. And it really was, but I didn't really know until I was there. So. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Harriet. Sorry, go on. I didn't see you. That was Julianne. I think that was you. Please go on. I was just going to say, I think a misconception that I had when I started in consulting was that I had to have all the answers. And that really scared me. I remember on my first consulting project, so I, I work mainly in healthcare. So I went to work in a commission unit and was asked to work directly with the director of an analytics team. I didn't know anything about analytics and he was obviously a director. And in the back of my mind, I kept on saying to myself, I'm the consultant. I'm meant to tell him how to do things. So I should surely have all the answers. <laughs> obviously, I, I still wouldn't have the answers now because I'm not an analytics expert. So I think that's a misconception that you have to somehow be cleverer or be the expert. Um, but no, you're meant to go there, listen and help your clients solve their problems, not tell them what to do necessarily. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like Darren's point, isn't it? On the sort of point of view, it's a sort of humble point of view of knowing, know what you know and, and know what you don't know and ask good questions. I think that's really important. I think can build on that and, and maybe a, a counterpoint to Darren's as well is that my I think my biggest misconception about consulting before I joined was that you had to know anything about business at all. And so I, I did philosophy at university. My parents were teachers. They basically only had friends who were teachers. I pretty much didn't know anyone who worked in a business like that just wasn't the world that I came from at all. And and I had lots of friends at uni applying to consulting firms and me sort of thinking, I don't really know what that is. And, you know, it's not relevant to me. And I applied in the year after university, after I'd done a lot more looking into it. And in my start group at, at Bain, we had people who had studied yeah, music, philosophy, English literature, like, you know, all sorts of broad topics. And it sounds like this group is just as diverse in terms of where they came from before consulting. And you get taught a lot and you get expected to learn an awful lot and you build your business knowledge up from there. And so for me, that was a big eye opener that took me a whole year after university to realize. Yeah, in terms of, I think that's a key point. Um, I think actually three of us all did the same degree at different universities. None of us did business. So yeah, well, speak for the, the three I know who did the same degree as me. So I think that's really key is yeah, anyone listening to this, you don't have to have done a business or a management degree to to become a good consultant. And actually some of those other skills, to your point, that you learn in different subjects really help you think differently 
you know, not just apply the business model you learnt. One misconception that I think I, you know, I personally had, I know when I joined and Harry, I think you touched on, so I'd be interested in, in everyone's opinion on this is I think there is a perception in consulting. You sort of got to go in to make partner or nothing. It's kind of like if you're not in it for the next 12 years to, you know, to get to the top, actually, you know, some people think, is it worth doing? And obviously, I think we're all testaments to the fact you don't have to spend all of your career or Darren, you know, you've gone off and started your own firm out the back of the firm you're with. So you don't have to stay with one firm for 12 years. What advice would you all give people on that in terms of how to think about their time in consulting, actually deciding how much of their career that should be? I guess careers need to be sort of, you know, human shaped these days, right? There is no, there is, there is no one path, you know, it's very much up to you. I think, I think consulting just a, is a really useful part of your journey though right because it does it gives you such a different kind of experience you know so for me I I mean this was not deliberate right I I wish I'd been smart enough to sort of cast this kind of career path out but I look back and I've had experience in startups you know big footsie businesses you know inside them and then I went to consulting and because it gave me that kind of breadth so now I think I've worked every single kind of type and shape and size and sector of business and it's that variety that that consulting can give you is just incredibly useful you know whatever whatever stage you decide to go in into it at but you know not everyone is rigged to become a director or a partner in in a consulting business right and and it's a very specific kind kind of thing that you need to get good at right in order to do that and it doesn't mean you're not a good consultant actually some of the best consultants I know weren't rigged to then become directors and, and partners and then went on to become CFOs, CEOs, marketing officers, whatever, really, you know, after their stint in consulting. And so, yeah, partner is definitely not the the only destination. In fact, I have worked in firms where I looked up and I went, I definitely don't want to be you, is the truth of it. And the other thing, I was actually just, just on your previous point, Nick, the other danger is we paint a very rosy picture of, of the consulting industry, right? It's it's not all rosy. It's why you why events like this are really important. There are firms where they will burn you out. You know, is is the truth of it? Be selective, right? You really got to get to know the people you're going to be working with and the other people around you. I mean, I don't think there are many consulting firms that aren't intense to work in, but there are those firms that help you recover from that intensity, create the emotional support around you to grow from it. And there are those that will let you, not deliberately, they're not going, we want to burn you out. They're just not equipped to actually provide the support that you need, frankly. And so, so, you know, just, just be cautious about it. But yeah, if you go into it with your eye on partners, the ultimate goal, I think that's going to be, it could be quite a miserable experience, actually. I've seen people like that and it it just, you become competitive and single-minded. Go in to become a brilliant consultant. And then if you've got the aptitude to sort of do the sales and the relationship development and all the rest of it after that, then great, you'll find yourself there. If not, go and be a brilliant leader in a different kind of business. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, Darren, your point on sort of what the partner does in terms of they, you know, client development and business development and selling and pitching, and that's sort of generally what they do. But there, are, I guess, depending on how long you stay at a firm, you develop different skill sets as you go on. So I guess like the first especially if you join at sort of like the associate level, the kind of first level in the firm, you'd be learning all the kind of the analytics, all the kind of PowerPoint stuff. I mean, you do that throughout anyway, but you're kind of really focused on the detail and you own the detail and that's your job. And as you progress, you kind of own more client relationships and you manage teams. And so I guess it depends on what you want to learn and how long you're willing to stay to learn those things. You can learn those things outside of the consulting firms as well, but it's, I guess there are different phases depending on how long you stay. And also if you, 
head in after you've been in industry for a while. And I, you know, that I've seen consultants come in and sort of go in at the level where they're maybe not covering as much detail, not doing as much analytics, and they're kind of getting more into client relationships. So I guess it depends on that as well, like what kind of skills you want to pick up and when. I really like Harriet's point. I think it's learning what you're going into. And so there are so many different career paths within consulting. So being a sales expert, actually being a technical expert. And it's I think it's important to also just be quite self-aware about what are your strengths and don't try and play to something that is your strength. I'm very much a believer in I focus more on my strengths than my weaknesses. And so if you find that actually you enjoy the technical elements of your work more so than trying to sell work, then you should focus on that. I think we're of the generation where we're not a job for life kind of generation. We we move around. And actually, that's really beneficial as a consultant because your ability to build a variety of skills and build a network of clients. If, if you want to be a partner, it's all about the sales to a large extent. And how do you get sales? You, to find clients and so actually if you're able to step out of consulting increase your network and come back in with a different perspective that's quite attractive to a lot of people um the senior level so i i think looking I, I didn't go into consulting as my first job i actually went into consulting after two previous roles which looking back that really helped me in my consulting career um, and i've left now and and i'm actually currently thinking what would my next role look like would i go back into consulting following my current experience and i I think it's flexible. It should just, you should just play it as you see and, and but definitely be self-aware and identify what you want your, your path to look like as opposed to just rudimentary climbing that corporate ladder. Because what you quickly realise is within the partner level are levels. So I remember when I joined PwC, and I might be making this number up, but there are like 20-something different levels within the partnership. And so you're like the pyramid, the, the ladder never ends. So if, you, if you're only trying to partner just so you can be at the top of the apex of the corporate world you're that's a miserable life in my opinion so um, I think it's more about identifying what skill sets you want to build and how you can utilize what skills you already have I think some some great advice there all and I think actually a really nice segue to the the Q&A section because we've been getting a ton of questions as we've been going on all of the topics we've covered and so I think why don't we dive into those. For everyone who is watching us, we are receiving all of your questions. We are going to try our best to answer as many of them as possible. I think we have more questions than we have time. So we'll try our best. If they aren't answered, you can pick up with any of us afterwards or with Derry and the team and they'll be able to help you. And I think just to your last point there, Julian, about how you got into consulting, we've had a question from someone who's said they don't have a, a degree or a management qualification. They've just got years of experience. They want to get into consulting. Obviously, you you do have a degree, but you made the point you've come into consulting sort of as a second or third stage in your career. I did the same. What advice would you give to to sort of our audience member who's looking to break in, in in that situation? What can they do to get themselves in the best position to to get that consulting career they want? I'll be really practical. So, find somebody within the firm or firms that you want to work with. So I think the best way to, to enter most companies is actually having that personal relationships. Sometimes submitting an application, especially in the time that we're in on a careers website where people are receiving tens of thousands of applications, probably not the most effective. So I think working with a recruiter, perfect. This is the perfect platform for that. And so I think working with a recruiter or actually finding individuals within that organization and maybe asking them if they can find time to speak with you I, I personally would say that's the best route. I, I'm not a recruit, a recruiter, a, a recruitment specialist, but I think 
submitting a blind application sometimes is not the most effective way to get into some of the big consulting firms. I got into consulting through an internship program off the pack of another program and through there was offered a full time role. And so sometimes I think building some of those personal relationships with people already within the firm is probably the best way. That's probably controversial, but that's genuinely what I think. (laughs) No, it's a really good point. And for the rest of the panel, what is your take? Would you would you agree with Julianne? Is there sort of a different approach or another approach you'd suggest that that this audience member takes? Tamsin, I'm conscious we we haven't come to you for a little while. What's your take? Yeah, sure. I mean, so look, I I joined pretty much straight out of university, so different experience. And I do think that a lot of the consulting firms historically have been stuck in a sort of pattern matching behavior of recruitment. But I think Explore Consulting and others are really turning that on its head, which is great and providing a lot more opportunities to people. I think my advice would be, you know, the the same as, as everybody in terms of your preparation for interviews and for talking to people. So if you are somebody who's got a wealth of experience in industry, it's about working out how to translate that into consulting and how to use the skills that you've learned whilst also remaining really open and adaptable to new industries. So you want to come showing that you can pick up new industries quickly, that you can be really structured in your thinking, um, that you can be very logical, you, you know, and that's what you've learned over your period and that you do have specialist knowledge, but that that specialist knowledge isn't stopping you from being open to like the constant process of learning that you do as a consultant. And I think if you can get that balance right, you're in for a good chance. Yeah, some some really good points in there. Darren, were you about to add, I'm conscious you out of the panel, you are the one in consulting still. So how do you, if, if this person wants a role with you, and I, I know I'm opening a floodgate, what do you like to see from potential recruits? How would the best approach be? So, well, look, you know, I, I mean, I have a huge amount of time for experience. So that like looking for real life and business experience in different modes, I think is brilliant. We don't have a, a hard filter on academic qualifications i think many businesses have begun to drop those again i mean look you know depending it depends on what level you're coming into and and also how much of a recognition you know you have about what what kind of a jump it actually is in your career i've actually had some people who are like exec level c level people who who have decided that they want to leave industry and move into consulting come and talk to us and you kind of often have the conversation which is at your level to sustain your kind of salary you know, you're going to need to bring business with you, you know, you, that you need to be a relationship and a business sort of engine, right? And that won't work, right? They, it just doesn't sort of translate across, right? When you, as I said, as I said earlier on, you know, when you're sort of moving a, a, across from industry into into consulting, just give yourself that little bit of space to learn it first. And then honestly, you'll, you'll sort of fly up. So I think it's not a hard filter, that description from Naomi. It's actually really positive. And we look for this holy grail, you know, of commercial and creative and human. It's the overlap between those three things, you know, and and we're quite specific around what we mean around that. Commercial doesn't mean you're, you know, you have to be a finance whiz kid, right? It's sort of a practical commerciality around business that we're sort of looking for, right? Creativity is just the ability to sort of enter into creative conversations in the right way, you know, just to, to let them sort of flow, to have ideas freely and to, you know, also create a bit of an environment around that. And then humanity, right? Do you have the mindset that actually it's people that deliver results? And do you show some insight into that those are the things that we're, we're usually looking for and then experience and all the rest of it kind of a little bit determines where you then come in I think that's you know some really key points and just I've been reading the chat I think there's a the other side of this is get interested in the people you're applying for I think I'm sure you see this as well well all of you you know you you get a lot of applications for your respective businesses you, 
you can be and want to be picky and you want to find people who have a passion for what you do. I'll actually, because this is interactive, I'll put a message in the chat to show you our intern who we've just hired off the back of a phenomenal application and show real interest in what we do. So for so for Naomi, who, who submitted that question, for anyone else, it's a really key point. And I guess, Darren, to, to your point, you obviously touched on the sort of the upper end of industry. I guess there's also an element that actually for those who have lots of work experience, because consulting is a very well-paying career, you can actually come in very junior in consulting and still have a equal or sometimes you know better salary than what you had before. So I think your point around being humble is really key. Don't think because I'm a certain age, I have to be a certain position. You know, be humble and it'll, it'll pay off. One of the other things we we talked about, and I think Darren, you you spoke a lot on Harriet, you did as well. And it's a question we've had through. So this one's from Andrew. Is considering the the high pace environment, you know, potentially high stress environment of consulting, and I think we've all been there. What would advice would you give to anyone who's who's looking to enter this career or, or sort of in their early stages to help them protect their their well being, you know, their mental health, and, and not burn out? Harriet, do you want to do you want to start off here? I've never had a baby, but I have heard about couples who, when they have a baby, they write down three things, the top three things they love about their partner, and they stick it on the wall. So when they're having a really rough night, they can look at that piece of paper and be like, I love my partner because of these things. And I think maybe it's about thinking (laughs) similarly (laughs) with your job, because there are going to be nights when you think, God, this is, these hours are very long. I don't think I want to do this anymore based on this, you know, this particular evening. But I think if you know what your kind of long-term goals are, and I I say long-term, it could be, I want to be in consulting for two years, that's great, and I want to move on something else, or it could be longer. But I think be clear on why you're there and have that in mind and think about, am I maybe every three months rather than every evening or every late night? Consider, am I making progress against these things? Is this still working for me? Because it has to work for you. You know, don't go into consulting because... You can't think of anything else to do and, you know, oh, it could be a good idea. Like be there because it makes sense for you. And that might be, you know, the, you know, Julianne was talking about skills. Think about the skills that you want to pick up. Are you picking those up still? And reflect on that, but also know that, you know, some, you will have those, uh, you know, the fast pace, the kind of late nights, but it's up to you to work out whether it's worth it or not, I think. So I had really good advice when I first joined Bain from a very senior partner, and it was advice that meant nothing to me at the time and only makes sense to me looking back on that period. And this is probably quite specific to joining as a graduate. Yeah, when you're just starting out in your career in general. But his advice was like, your your work is not your life. And there is sort of a, because of the long hours and because of the nature of jumping into a project and all piling on it really fast and you've got, you know, short deadlines and a clear end goal, there is a nature about consulting that makes it a bit cult-like at times. And certain firms amp this up more than others because it, it kind of helps the business in many ways. And certainly when I joined, I mean, I I made some really brilliant friends. I ended up meeting the, the guy who I've now been dating for 10 years. Um, I, you know, was working sort of how many hours a week. My social life was with, with people from work. And it really, it was very all encompassing. And I know now what the partner was trying to say to me is like, have your cutoff points, go do something else, get a hobby would have been a great idea. You know, do something that is completely separate and turns your mind away from work. And I honestly didn't really have that whilst I was working consulting. And I think that made it quite tough at times. And now, you know, I run a startup where it would be very, very easy to do the same thing. There is a never-ending to-do list of things to do and we have to move really fast and everything is critical. But I've really learned that actually 
stopping, closing your laptop, walking away, doing something completely different for your brain is so useful for the work that you're doing in the first place. So I wish I listened to that advice a lot earlier, to be honest. One of the things I very quickly learned was I'm not saving a life. So whatever I'm doing can stop and come back to it tomorrow morning. And this was an important lesson for me to learn because I remember I was working with one particular director who worked all hours of the night. She's had phone calls with people at 1.30 in the morning and this was how she operated and this is an extreme you don't often you don't have many people that works like this but you do you can find who work in an extreme way and when you join as a junior person you're very keen to impress people and I think what I had to reflect and learn is who am I trying to impress and for what purpose because sometimes the things you're doing to try and impress people they're not seen and take it for granted, whereas you're literally burning your your candles right to the wick. And so I think it's really, really important to just take a step back and think, I'm not on an operating table, I'm not a surgeon, I don't need to stay up 16 hours for work. Sleep is important for my brain and my ability to do my job properly. There's nothing wrong, you've not failed by going to your bed. But actually, more importantly, and I think what brought it home for me was, um, whilst we're at PwC, it was actually a high-profile incident where somebody committed suicide. Now, they didn't commit suicide because of work. They actually did it for personal reasons. But I was in the office building when it happened, and I came downstairs to find ambulances, and the whole entrance was shut off. And I think that, for me, was a turning point moment that life is too short. There are really, really more important things. And I think this pandemic has probably taught a lot of us about the value of life and the importance to take a stop and actually just step back and, and and look at the wider picture. So yeah, I think just reminding yourself that you're not saving a life. Unless you are, then it's really important. We may think our PowerPoint does, Julianne, but rarely, yeah, it, rarely does it have that impact. <laughs> Some great points in there. And I, I think that point is really key around just stepping back, particularly right now for anyone entering the industry. You know, we're at home, all your screens, everything's available. Actually take that step back and really build those boundaries. Want to change tack and again being led here by the questions from our audience so we've had a question through from Raffaella about travel and actually does consulting provide the opportunities for that Tamsin I, I understand that you were maybe you take this I understand actually you you were able to go and work in Africa through your consulting role so maybe you can answer the does it and then explain how it's benefited you through that yeah, so I, I actually didn't work abroad whilst I was at Bain, but one of the perks of Bain that I took advantage of literally the first day that I was allowed to was a six-month leave of absence. So I did two years of consulting and then took six months off unpaid. And I mean, I think my parents were in shock, like, what kind of job is this, which just allows you to disappear for six months and then come back to the job that you left? But the beauty of consulting is that a lot of them do do that. You're on projects. So it's very easy to step away, do something else, come back to it. So I ended up in that period working in Zimbabwe and I worked for a coffee mill. And I, as I mentioned earlier, I'd been working in international development or attempting to before I did consulting and really just felt like I was useless. My philosophy degree wasn't helping anybody very much at that point. But in Zimbabwe, working for this coffee mill, I was actually able to contribute. So, we, you know, I was able to help the organization build better financial plans. I was able to help them assess what different businesses they might get into to sustain the business. It was wonderful because it was like this first moment where I felt like I actually could contribute some skills back to something that I was really interested in and cared about. So I came back to Bain for, I think I was meant to come back for six months. I think I made it to about four and then snuck out the door and then ended up working in Uganda. And that was for a firm called Acumen. 
that invests in businesses all over emerging markets. And they, you know, part of what they do is really try to get people with strong business skills into some of the businesses that they're working in. So they do an awful lot to grow talent in the markets where they are, but they also encourage people to go and to work there as well. And yeah, work for this cotton mill in Uganda. And as I say, help them raise debt, help them grow new crops, help them with all kinds of stuff, which none of which I would have had a clue how to do without the consulting skills that I built up to that point. So that was it for me. Really, really helpful. That sounds like an amazing experience. That beats my travel to Birmingham and Southampton by a mile. Anyone else had any experience? I think the short answer to can you travel with consulting is absolutely yes. But has anyone else had any notable experiences that Tamsin, I think, sets the bar? I'm very much on the floor. Has anyone got anything in between? I got to do some work in the Middle East and, and I worked specifically in Saudi Arabia. And that was absolutely the best experience of my, my working career. Yeah, I think for an outsider to go into the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, it's absolutely fascinating. And I went at a time where there wasn't a lot of these reforms as well. And I know for a lot of people, that's probably their worst nightmare. But I'm, I'm probably a bit of a Louis Theroux and curious about how other societies exist and yeah definitely best working experience of my time and that was doing some health work on actually reforming the mental health services in the kingdom so it wasn't actually just interesting work it was also really impactful work when mental health is a is a really important element or something I'm really quite interested in. Travel is very different depending on the kind of project you're sort of on like those those two where you actually feel like you're quite immersed in a culture is is I wouldn't say completely rare. It's that sort of not not the typical travel. You do can get a bit tired with with business travel. You know, is the truth of it, and it does very much depend on your client. So you know, it depends on what you want out of it, really. And you can find yourself actually not traveling if you join the wrong firm. So some big firms are structured so that they don't want consultants traveling all over the place, and so they use local consultants. You know, in different markets. If you are very focused on particular types of an in industry like maybe you get very focused on the energy sector for example and you, you might not travel as much as if you're in a consumer products sort of sector where you end up going around lots of different business units it sort of it sort of depends but um yeah i mean you, you can set your kind of career up for doing a bit more travel actually if you if you really want it my advocacy is find high margin businesses <laughs> to work with that are often in like more exotic locations because low margin businesses that sort of pump you around Europe, you know, on a budget, not much fun. You know, I was lucky to work with Electronic Arts, the computer games company, and they, they had a very generous travel policy. And so I would end up doing all sorts of fun things with them around the world. And yeah, so, you know, think about it carefully. <laughs> and Nick, I wanted to add something to what uh, Tamsin was saying about the work that she did after Bain with Acumen. And I just wondered if there's anyone watching he's thinking i i really want to get into social impact stuff now I, I do i have to really do consulting first maybe i want to get into like the charity sector or you know the social impact sector and i've had conversations with people at impetus about this you know what what would you have done looking back and actually i think you know you have a good salary as a consultant and you pick up a lot of skills very quickly and it can be a really great springboard to kind of all sorts of things including that kind of work so sometimes i was grappling with God, I, I really would like to work in education and I'm at a kind of a big corporate working with commercial clients. Is this really what I want to do? And I think I just wanted to add that because long term, I think you can get you can get there. And I think the, the consulting skill set is really helpful in order to do that. So, yeah, maybe that's helpful for some people. Harry, I think a great point, particularly, like you say, the key thing of the skills you gain. And I think almost building slightly to your point, slightly to Darren's, the other thing for anyone looking to travel is the skill set gives you the 
the ability to do all of the amazing things, you know, you mentioned, Tamsin mentioned, but also simply if you want to go and live abroad, you can take that skill set to other countries, go and work for similar. You know, I've, I've had guests on my show who have literally moved from a consulting firm in the UK to one in Singapore, America. You know, there's lots of opportunities there. So we're, we're fast approaching the end of our, our time together. And we've got time, I'd say, for two more questions. So one is just picking up on Darren, what you were saying about bravery. And I know all four of you touched on this in different themes. So I'll let you take this almost to the theme that was most powerful for yourself. And the question we've got is, how did you in your junior career, you know, when you were early in consulting, how, how did you build the necessary confidence to do the job to be an advisor to you know, what was it that helped you get the skills that you've talked about? And because of time, I'm going to ask for a sort of a 30 second from each of you. Darren, is it your question? Do you want to start? And then we'll, we'll go around the group. Gosh, that's, a, that's a, uh, a hard question to be super quick on and quite an emotional question for me as well, actually, that one, because it was quite, you know, and I, I will try and keep this succinct, Nick, but it, it was quite a, quite, a, quite a personal challenge for me. And I think that sort of comfort around, you know, new people speaking in front of groups, that kind of thing, which is what I was referring to, took, took quite a lot of reprogramming, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, I worked with a coach. I learned some really small things. Like one of the things like, you know, avoiding preparation is not the way to get comfortable with then speaking in front of a group, you know, and it's one, if you're anxious, it's what you always do because you don't want to think about it. So, you, you know, you end up uh, stressing yourself out more. Learning about the physiology of stress in those environments is really important, like that your body's doing the natural thing, sort of getting you geared up to perform, but it can feel like it's gearing you up to fail because it feels not very nice, you know, when you've got some adrenaline, but just realizing that little things for me, I, I, like, I would get to a room early and as people arrived, actually make a bit of a human connection with them, you know, remember that they want me to succeed, actually, that unless they're a psychopath, which there are a few in the world, right? But who cares about them, right? But the majority of people actually really want you to succeed and, and that's really important. And, and asking questions and listening is actually rather than always think, I've got to tell them all this information, you know, like actually, you know, build connection with people, pull, pull from them, you know, those things like there's, there's lots of them. And, and by the way, you know, genuinely, is anyone struggling with, with that? Cause it's such a personal thing. I, I just reach out to me. I'd like happily talk to you about it, but there's lots of practical things you can do in the early stages. Um, amazing, Darren. You're quite right. We, we frankly could do a whole podcast on this. Maybe there'll be a round two with Explore and we can, we can all come back and dive into that. And yeah, some, some really good advice there. Harriet, same question. Any additions? Any anything you know that you want to add to that? Yeah. So I, I really like this thing from a guy called Stephen Covey. He wrote a book on trust, uh, and he says trust is the confidence that you feel in someone. So it's. I think it's about. I always worried about whether do people trust me? Can they trust that I'm good at stuff? Can I trust myself? And I think it's about knowing from a competence point of view, knowing what you own. So what's your kind of part of the problem that you're owning and really understanding that. And if you need a cheat sheet when you go into a meeting where it's got all the stuff that you do know and you need to refer to it, you know, have that on the table and refer to it. You don't need to know everything off the top of your head. I think Julianne was talking about, and Darren too, you know, ask questions. I think it's really important. You know, you own a part, but maybe you don't know all the answers. So, you know, ask questions as well. And then Darren was also talking about, you know, just being a person and showing your character. I think one thing I grappled with was not showing my full self at work because I'm not an A-type. I'm a bit scatty. I'm not a typical Bain consultant, to be quite honest. And so I found that quite tricky. And I think there's a little bit of sort of reprogramming, like Darren said. But I think there's also a point about authenticity as well. 
So just knowing what your natural style is. And, you know, you may need to flex a bit depending on your work environment, but stay true to that because I think that's really grounding. Some fantastic advice in there. And I think it's worth saying for our audience. So I think we've merged the last two questions together and some of this advice, you know, it's, it's bravery, it's how to succeed. I think there's so much in here in this last sort of five, 10 minutes. So coming on and continuing that theme, Julianne, same question, you know, take it as bravery, take it as some of the points you were, take it as just simply the things you would have wanted to know back when you started in consulting. What advice would you give our audience? So I think two words for me, preparation and inquisitiveness. Being prepared, you can't underestimate the importance of preparation. So I'm not ashamed to say I literally Googled every single person on this panel a few times before I spoke today to make sure that I was aware who who I'm going to be sitting on the panel with. We have so many resources to stalk people online at the moment. So you have no excuses to not know somebody before you meet them. It's always important to do that. Being inquisitive is something that I've learned. It's just important in general in life. So I think the importance of of that cannot be underestimated as a consultant. I'm going to pick up on the point that Harriet made at the end about bringing yourself to work. And I always debate this with my husband about the authenticity. To what extent can you be authentic at work? I, I think you can't be fully authentic at work personally, but there is an element of yourself that you should try to bring to work as much as possible. And for me in consulting, I had to really accept that I was an introvert. Um, and that's probably a surprise for a lot of people that's watching this, but I do not find my energy in people. Very much at the end of the day, I need to hide and regain some strength. And I think in consulting, especially when you're on some of these long assignments where you're with your project on day to Thursday and you feel there's an expectation that you have to go out for drinks every night in order to be seen and to progress. It's okay to say no and go to your hotel room and watch Family Guy like I used to like doing. Like it's absolutely okay to bring that aspect of myself to work. I, I love that, Julian. I think that, that really resonates with me. I'm a total introvert as well. I've got a feeling we might be indexing high on that on this, on this panel, but yeah. <laughs> No, some, some brilliant points. And, and Julia, I think you know, that actually for the person who asked about stress personally, and I'm not, not a long point, but I know when I struggled in my early consulting career, it was that. It was actually maintaining two different personalities is extremely difficult. So bring as much of yourself to work as you can and you'll feel much more natural in it. And Tamsin, last but by no means least, do you want to share your advice for our panel to take away from today? I guess related to all of that, for me, kind of culture trumps everything. So there's everything you can do to find out the people that you are working with and what they are like and how they treat each other and how they look after each other. I just think the more you can do around that, the better. I know it's going to be tricky this year in times of COVID, but, you know, as many of these kind of events as you can get on, I'm sure all consulting firms will be doing digital events to help you learn about them. Because, yeah, it's a cliche, but the best bit about Bain for me was the people. And not only because I made friends there for life, but also had some amazing bosses. I can embarrass Derry. He's not on the screen, so we can't see him blush. But he was one of my first bosses and was brilliant and believed in me and just assumed I could do everything that I knew secretly. I had no idea what I was doing. And that stuck with me. And so the more you can find people who are just going to be fun and compelling to work with, the better. Amazing. Well, thank you all for your time. I've really enjoyed this hosting it. I think there's been so much in there for our audience. So thank you very much. For those who are watching this at the moment, if you want to find out more about how you can get a career in consulting, how you can act on some of the advice that our panel have talked about, firms that you might be interested in. Obviously, you'll be seeing a lot of Derry, but hello at exploreconsulting.careers. Also, again, I'll make my personal invite very welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. 
go through Derry, I think, unless there's anyone else, but you can find us, like Julianne said, you know, it's pretty easy to Google us. And if you want to find out more about other things in consulting, other careers, www.exploreconsulting.careers. So everyone, thank you, Harriet, Darren, Julianne, Tamsin, thank you so much for today. And we'll let you get back to your day and we'll move on to the next session. Well done, Nick. Great job. Thanks for having me. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Climbing Consulting. If you have any guest recommendations, comments, ideas, thoughts on how I can make this show better for you, just drop me an email. It's nick at createengage.co.uk and I really look forward to hearing from you.